Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Radio Omnigots podcast. My name is Simon Aker and in this episode I'm talking with a friend of mine, Ruth. Hello. And we're going to talk about her experiences with learning languages. So tell me Ruth, what language did you grow up speaking? Well, I grew up in North Wales, um, but with English parents, so we spoke English at home, um, but I had to learn Welsh at school, um, not like nowadays in primary schools where it's all through the medium of Welsh, but we had Welsh lessons and we had assembly in Welsh and things. And how, how many hours a week did you have of, of Welsh lessons? Um, to be totally honest, I can't remember exactly. Um, was it every day or <sighs> some days of the week? Probably was maybe a little bit every day, and um, yes, I, I, uh, I certainly was familiar with words in Welsh, and you know the assembly singing in Welsh, and didn't always know what the words in the hymns were. But um, you see, I'm in my fifties now, so I'm having to think back quite a long way. Right. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I absorbed it. Yes, yeah. put it like that. But did I? Were you able to actually use it though? I don't remember having any friends who were Welsh speakers that I spoke it with and practiced with it. Not like today. Mm. Having come back to live in North Wales, I do sometimes speak Welsh to Welsh-speaking friends, but I don't remember that as a child growing up. So was there a, di- a division between the? The children from Welsh-speaking homes and the ones from English-speaking homes. Um, it did feel a little bit like that. Like, they played together in the playground and... and they all spoke Welsh to each other. Yes, a little bit like that. And um, But I do have a memory of a Steadford at school um, where we had to learn a Welsh and that still sticks in my mind. Um... And I can remember the teacher's expressions. We had to put the expressions in with it and the facial things because we were going to be on stage in the Estadford. So... I think that part of learning a language is very important where you repeat things over and over. Yeah. Um, to me, which we probably didn't do a lot of in the lessons. Mm, was there much speaking in the lessons, do you remember? Not at primary school level, I don't remember. We just used to draw pictures in our books and put the vocabulary next to it. Yeah. Um, but I suppose in secondary school, again, there wasn't really a lot of conversation in the Welsh lessons or French and German I took as well. Okay. Up to took French and German up to A-level. And and when, did, when did you start with the French and German? Um, what age probably you? French in the first year of primary, uh, secondary, so that would have been... Eleven, eleven yeah. yes, and... German, possibly not till the third year. Right. Um, 
And were, were they options or they compulsory? Did you have to? Um, well, have the to German them? was certainly option. I think the French was an option as well. But um, yes, I was I was drawn to languages, and in those days it was very much taught. Um, learning the grammar mm-hmm. which um, has occurred to me recently because I sort of thought oh well no it's not taught like that these days and it's much better when you concentrate just on the on the um, speaking but I do actually think in this day and age where we've gone less away from writing things down and I do actually think that part is important as well but the Definitely wasn't enough emphasis on the speaking part and actually, why don't you go out to a shop and practice it? It was mm. never suggested to us that we did anything like that. Right. Um, so it's just learn the grammar and yeah. try to understand what's going on. Yeah, and I suppose, yes, I did do, or did have an oral um, as part of my exam in all those three languages. And so... Obviously, then you had to practice things like what what do you do in your leisure or whatever, and you'd have yeah. I'd learn set phrases, but it right. it was learning those things rather than it wasn't spontaneous conversation. No, really. it was it, you kind of knew what they were going to ask, and so you had prepared answers. Right, um, and if they went off script, then you were a bit um, lost. I was a bit <laughs> stuck, or and I suppose that has been. Um, yeah, the way, and I've only got over this barrier recently of, okay, I don't have to prepare the whole sentence in my head before I speak, because you don't learn in that instance. It's much better if you just open your mouth and make mistakes. I think people always appreciate that you've made the effort, really. Even if you make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yes, I agree. Um, and yes, I I did go on to um, be an au pair in Switzerland, in the German-speaking part of Switzerland, and the, the father in the house was Swiss-German. Yeah. But the woman, the mother, was French-French, not Swiss-French, but French. So mm-hmm. they spoke French in the household, and yes, that did improve my French, just right. having to speak it every day yeah. with the family, although they did speak the father certainly spoke quite a lot of English, but... Um, right, but they spoke French. French, and I spoke French yeah. with the little girl I was looking after, and... Um, yeah. But then I did have, meet other au pairs, and there was either English ones or a lot of Scandinavian, and we tended all to speak in English together. So right. I didn't practice that outside so much. Or, or no. Of course, in shops, I had to... I spoke the high German because... Um, to try and speak the Swiss German is something completely different as yes. well. Isn't it? But you can do that in Switzerland, can you? Uh, yes, they, they, they actually um, expect that of um, people. Yeah. They don't expect you to launch into Swiss German no. at all. They do understand the very surprised German. if you did. <laughs> yes, and they do respond back in high German to you oh, so right. that you understand. But I picked up a few Swiss German then. Heiser Schocke and... Hot chocolate, um, yeah. <laughs> very useful things. Yes, um, of course. 
So, uh, yes, and I, I remember having to answer the telephone in German mm. and then switching to French for the family. So that, that really did improve. I was out there for a year. Mm. That was a good... So um, yeah. yeah, but I do remember it being a bit of a shock when I first got there, as in, oh, my God, what have I learnt at school? And <laughs> what can I say? And, and, and yeah. then course you just have to try and say something and uh, mm. yeah get by really so, yeah um, exactly so that's that's a very good example of an emotional environment where you have to use the language yes yeah it's a good way to yeah to get the confidence to actually use it because you have to exactly yes and we did i think in switzerland when you are an au pair there was a compulsory class we had to go to i remember to learn german it was the german part of switzerland i was in Mm. So I did have weekly classes in German. Yeah, um, in, in from a Hochdeutsch. In Hochdeutsch, yes, yeah. yes, from a Swiss German, but he spoke. In, yeah. Um, uh, my memories of that are of him going out frequently to have a cigarette in the other room, and I could we could see him from the side yeah, and really. come back <laughs> in again. <laughs> and yeah. um, he did speak to us in. Did speak a lot of English to us. Oh, really? Probably, it's not um, very helpful. <laughs> apart from when we were learning the phrases, whereas right. if he'd tried to just see if we could get by in the completely in German, it yeah. would have been better. Really, I do. Probably remember. would have learnt more. Yeah. So mm. I don't know quite how helpful those were. Yeah, but you're saying that's some extra input for your German, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, and do you, how much do you remember now? Could you have a conversation in either French or German now, do you think? Well, I have German friends that come and stay with us every year, but um, because they come here and they like to speak English and practice their English, and I am a little bit lazy, I but I do try and speak some German with them. And do, do you go and see them in, in Germany? Uh, we haven't been over for a long, long time, so I don't no. get that practice. But no. I... Um, I do feel, although I grew up with Welsh and I'm in a Welsh environment, that French and German words come come easier to me than thinking of Welsh uh-huh. words. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure. Strange, even though you probably had more exposure to Welsh. Yes, but I think probably because that intensive year where yeah. you're having to speak it a lot and here... Yeah. You can just get by without speaking it unless you make the effort. Yeah, exactly. You've got to seek out people to the, to speak Welsh to. Yeah. Well, you can speak to Welsh, Welsh people in shops if you want to. You can, but It's not yes. really much of a conversation. It's... And often people, when they can hear that, you know, Welsh um, or speaking English or something, sometimes, not Yeah, I, I used to get that more. Did you? Yeah, yeah I did. So talk to people in Welsh in the shops and then they switch to English since hear something yeah, um, yeah, speaker. Think, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that so much now, so maybe my yeah. accent has improved. Right, yes, and I, I, I think um, I sometimes don't know all the pronunciations of in Welsh, but I think having grown up with it and heard it, I'm pretty good, so... Yeah. Um, but it's it's the construction of sentences that lets me down, and people know, oh, you're not you're not a yeah. Welsh speaker. And right. this was very evident when I went to a friend's knitting circle over the summer, mm. and they were all Welsh speaking, and her included. And 
And it was lovely actually because I did I did practice trying to put sentences together and yeah. in the past I would have just probably just sat there knitting and felt a bit awkward. But I, I made an effort and I really enjoyed making an effort, but it was amazing to find out how bad mm. my <laughs> is. But did you at least understand what they were saying? Um at least some of it. Yes. More, more so, yeah. and um, that's, that's that's better than nothing, certainly. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. I did understand more than I, and I suppose in the past we've listened to the Welsh channel S Pedwarek seeing football on that. I know quite a few football terms in Welsh, oh, yes. and yes. and of course you look around and you see on the roads, Araf, slow, and yeah. you pick up all those sort of things. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the only other languages I've learned are from linguaphones in the past, which uh, yes, I, know I, don't, well. I don't even <laughs> know if they exist anymore, but I would rate them pretty high. Yeah. Um, because so, some yeah. of the very interesting sentences have stayed in my mind all these years yeah. after. Have you, do you remember any well, <laughs> examples? Ita- Italian was, um, you had to keep repeating, Che cosa è? Che cosa è? What is it? È una matita. It is a pencil. That's the one thing I do remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, very useful, that. <laughs> yes, very useful. Swedish, um, Chastin titter po ispionana, and Chastin is looking at the polar bears. Polar bears, yes. In the, um, your garden, is it? The animal garden, the zoo, I mm. think. And Danish, um, vil du ega drega ein kop kaffe. Would you like a cup of coffee? Would you mm. like to? Um, and quite a few other phrases. Well, that is that. actually quite useful. That one, that one is useful, but, yes. um. The Danish do like their, their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but other phrases I remember. Vi ha set to seng herin. We have put two beds in that room, I think, or something. And, and I no idea what that was about. They must have been having guests to say or something, but that stayed in my head. And my hardy igasetenu, they have not seen me yet. Mm-hmm. They were waiting at the airport meeting somebody. Yeah. Okay, useful. So yeah. it's, it's actually that hearing, yeah. hearing of it and repeating it, I mm. think is, to me, is quite important in learning a language. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think repetition does, does, does help. Does play a part, yeah. And I found, yeah, you know, I, I started learning Welsh actually with Linguaphone. Oh right. Many I years ago. That, no. So I, after I finished school I had this idea to learn two new languages every year. So I'd heard from <laughs> someone that you could learn a new language in six months. So I thought, oh yeah, I can do that. Two a year. Yeah, no yeah. problem. So I got two Linguaphone courses. Initially I got Welsh and Italian. Welsh because I have Welsh family roots in Italian because I learnt music and I thought Italian sounds like a really cool language and I like the sound of it. Yeah. And I I tried I started off listening to these and learnt a little bit, but I didn't get very far because I didn't have the discipline to uh, learn right. regularly. Yes, yeah. But I I I thought the courses were quite good. Yes, yes, they. Um, I think it's hearing them, which in school I suppose. 
we must have had well no not all the teachers were Welsh speaking so we maybe were taught no we would have been taught by a Welsh speaker but yeah. certainly the French and German I learnt at school they weren't French or German teachers speakers no. you know they were just English and Welsh speakers yeah, yeah yeah so um, yeah so they wouldn't be quite the same as native quite speakers quite the same somehow um, no. Yeah. But, um, yeah well, and sometimes it, it actually is better to learn from a non-native speaker, someone who's actually gone through the process of learning a language. Right. Because they understand yes. your struggles. I suppose that's true, yeah. Because a native speaker, everything just seems natural. You know, if you ask them, you know, why do you say it like that? They just say it because we do. Yes, yeah. But someone who's actually had to learn the language would be able and then to how, tell it, you. how it works is, oh, because it, this is the accusative case or this is whatever... And in this yeah. this structure, you do it like this, and because the moon is is waxing and the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and the tide is high. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose I hadn't thought of that. But, um... but yeah, for for authentic, natural spoken language, you need a native speaker. To yes, although having said what I said earlier, I. It is easier to understand somebody who isn't a native speaker because the native speakers tend to talk a lot quicker and and then yeah, you're kind of exactly. left behind wondering. Yeah, unless they're used to talking to people who don't. Yeah. Who are non-native speakers. Yeah. And used to kind of slowing down and using non-slang and yeah. kind of more standard language. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, but yes, I suppose listening to a radio station in Welsh or something would improve, or listening to the Welsh channel would improve your Welsh. And I just feel mm. as if I've been quite lazy having come back to live here, really, and I don't quite know what it is that I that has stopped me going on mm. a course uh, to refresh or something, really. Yeah. Um, there's, there's plenty of courses available around here. Yeah, and an old school friend has just... Um, is, She's lived in Germany for a large part of her adult life and is coming to live back in North Wales next year. And she sent me a link to, um, what, what was it? I think I mentioned it to Simon, the learning Welsh. Learn. Say something in Welsh. Say something in Welsh, that's it. Yeah. And she, she told me, and I haven't got round to it yet, no. but she said that it is, it is excellent, apparently, and it's nothing like the Welsh we learnt at school. Yeah. It's how people actually talk, and yeah, she said that's, it's that's really idea. good. Yeah. And so I, yeah. yes, I... Yeah, the, the, the guy who runs that, that website that makes those courses, he has the idea that you can learn to speak Welsh quickly, you know, within six months, if you work at it. Yeah, I suppose that's the deciding that's, to That's the kind of focus, it. to get you speaking it and understanding it. He's not worried about reading and writing, that's a secondary secondary thing for him. He's focusing yeah, on speaking. It is, it is the most important, really, but I do, I'm a bit old-fashioned, I do like to yeah, know the yeah. other as well. <laughs> yeah, um, but reading and writing is important as well. Yeah, yeah. Depends um, how you want to use the language. Yeah, and I suppose I do... More and more, I do practice it in my work. I go into residential and nursing homes and um, I'm doing dance, um, you know, seated dance and we use music. But I, a lot of them are Welsh speakers there and I will always use some Welsh and, and 
and deep, and I don't mind making mistakes because they they will correct me. Yeah. And, and it, that feels very authentic, and it feels if I had if I wanted to learn it, that is the inspiration I think to use mm. it more there. I think you yeah. have to have that real kind of wanting to use it and that inspiration that will make you yeah put the hours yeah. in to learn it. Somehow. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So if you have a reason for learning it, and it yeah, helps you to mo- helps to motivate you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. Yes. And now it's time for another tune. Incidentally, the tune you heard at the beginning of this podcast is my theme tune, the Hedgecat Cathod de Gwirch, a tune I wrote earlier in 2019, played on the piano. The tune you're just about to hear is my arrangement of another tune I wrote back in 2015 called The Bells of Hirail, Klokai Hirail. Originally I wrote it for various instruments, the piano, harp and other instruments. This version is played on the recorders. Now, Ruth and I regularly play recorders together with a few of her friends. This recording is actually me playing all the different parts, recorded separately, then put together. Smattering of Icelandic, because my husband's very interested in all the Scandinavian languages, and we did go out to Iceland in um, oh a long, long time ago, thirty years or something. And um, is it Jakala Iki Islandsku? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I may have got that wrong for anybody Icelandic listening in. Apologies. Yeah, um, means I don't speak Icelandic. Yes. <laughs> um, or, or something about eki men eki daulitas, only a little or something. Yeah, it's okay. a little bit smatterings. If ever I go anywhere and I haven't travelled, I mean, I have travelled in Europe, but not really outside 
Europe very mm. much, but I always would try and learn something in that language yeah. before I went. And, and um, yeah, a few basic phrases. Maybe. Yeah, and yeah. I have been to Spain, but I can't for the life of me think of anything actually. At the moment. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Um, yeah. and oh, I've been to Tunisia, that's the one time outside Europe, and I, yeah, Shokran, thank you, Shokran Jazelan or something, thank you very much, and yeah. <laughs> that's about you, you can speak French there as well. Well, yes, that, I do remember yeah. speaking quite a bit of French when I went out, and yeah. um, but yes, um, any languages that I'd like to learn, yeah. um. Or if you didn't have to study, is there one language that you'd say, I really wish I could speak it perfectly um, without having to study, just, just yeah, as if I Italian has that again, it's got a nice lilty thing, and, yeah. and the Swedish is why my husband learned Swedish, because it's got the nice intonation, mm, and mm. so at least, uh, yeah. maybe Italian, or, I mean, I really want to go back to France, and, and mm. I do like the French language quite a bit as well for yeah. that yeah. same reason of the intonation. And okay. the, and, um, I mean, you yeah. already know quite a bit of French. Yeah, but I'd love to practice it yeah. in, in the country. Right. Um, Dutch. My husband's learnt some Dutch, but I can't. Uh, up, Holland, up. <laughs> or something. Sorry, again, that's not accurate, but that's the football anthem they sing at the moment. No, so, so. I see a theme. You're <laughs> <laughs> quite keen on football, aren't you? Yeah, so that's through my husband. Um, yes. I, yes, I do like football. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I, when, when you go to see Bangor City playing, yeah. Do do the fans sing sing in to encourage Welsh. them? Sing in anything? Any well, they they sing. Um, yes, not not in Welsh. No, no. we have the we are Bangarai. We are Bangarai, <laughs> which is the most embarrassing one I feel. <laughs> and um, yeah, I haven't been going actually this last year, so I've, I can't remember the chance. But no, mm. I don't think there are any. We don't sing any Welsh. particular songs, no. Um, I can't think now. No, <laughs> not a... But the one language that mm. that springs to mind is the language of gobbledygook. Gobbledygook? No. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> where, is, where is that spoken? Well, I do have a friend or two not so far away from me right now as I speak. Mm. Um, and we do sometimes... Um, speak in Tachtushmar Dalibar Khorchanbari. Aha, finish, no, no. Epetus Topashkulema. Oh, it's news. Epeba Kora de Bidira. Rolling Snuach. Rolling Puchapetina Kotapa. And that was an example of fluent gobbledygook. <laughs> we have no idea what that means, but <laughs> we have a lot of fun speaking it. And the facial expressions and the gestures <laughs> are such fun. And then you can put it also to music, and that is, is what we like to do another language well. altogether. Yes, the language of music. The language of which music. Which we speak fluently. We do indeed. And... <laughs> 
And yes, I think it's interesting that I always, I was quite shy as a child. And so just speaking English, actually, I think it's worth mentioning this, was mm. was quite, um, I never felt I could express myself very well. Even in English? No. No? As a child, no. I was... I was quite vocal at home, but very shy outside the home. Hmm. And and so I grew up thinking, oh, I'm not good at speaking English. This is yeah. I then I, that's why I was drawn to singing without using words, and I would hmm. make up or I'd sing without using words quite a lot. Ah, right. And. That I had this strong belief, oh, I'm not good at words, or I'm not good at language. And then, in recent years, like now, you can't stop me speaking. No, indeed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> no, I think on that note, maybe we should bring, bring things to a close. Yes. So... Thank you very much, Ruth. It's been very interesting. Well, thank you very much indeed, Simon. I've enjoyed it very much. And thank you all for listening. If you want to make any comments or suggestions for future episodes or want to find notes on this or any other episode of the Radio Omnigot podcast, go to omnigot.com slash radio. You can contact me via that website or at feedback at omnigot.com. I have been Simon Ager. I've been talking to Ruth Fisher, and I hope you enjoyed this. Please listen again sometime. If you feel generous, please give a donation. And that's all we have to say for now. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. <laughs>